to Live Vedanta, a podcast about simple living and high thinking. Every moment is an opportunity for development. We hear this often, but when an urgent flurry of work emails hits our inbox or our kids begin to cry, this wisdom feels fleeting and far away. So how do we live spirituality in this context? Every Monday this July, join Vivekji in the Hindu Society of North Carolina for a weekly series on deepening your dharma in daily life. All the information you need is in our show notes, both how to get the Zoom link and who to contact if you have any questions. The series is especially for our evolving adults. Okay. This week's episode in Meditation and Light. What is the secret to success in contemplation? What is the key to helping us rise out of our limitations? In this next episode, Vivekji encourages us to follow the path to success, to rise from the feeling that we are just the body, mind, and intellect. Let's tune in. One of our historical texts, Ramayana, Sugriva, he is perpetually being chased by his brother, Vali. That is, until Bhagavan Rama is introduced to Sugriva. And this meeting, this dialogue, this saving is initiated on Rishya Mukha Parvata. By show of hands, how many of you already knew what I just described? You're familiar with what I just described. Come on, way more of you are familiar with this than you put your hand up for. Now I'm going to subjectify this. Sugriva is the jiva. Point to me where the jiva is. Thank you. Everyone's pointing to themselves. Yesterday I asked and everyone's just pointing all over the place. <laughs> Vali is karma. Vali is karma. For a jiva like myself, I keep feeling that the more karma I do, the more happy I will be. Because with karma comes pala. So more pala, more peace. Karma will perpetually chase the jiva until jnana is introduced. And that is who? Bhagavan Rama is. And Bhagavan Rama or jnana will teach us that happiness and peace is who we are, not the jiva. And where was this dialogue? Where was the saving happening? Rishya Mukha Parvata. If you study these words, Rishi Mukha. That is satsanga, no? That is such classes where we are authoritatively told we are happiness. I'll share another narration with you. In our text, Meditation and Life, there's a large portion on O. 
We've explored that A is the waking state, U is the dream state, M is the sleep state. The silence is our true state. What I've also read is that A is the jiva and Om is Brahma. Making this subjective. So tell me, is the jiva part of Brahma? And all that is a part of Brahma is? Brahma is Brahman. So when you chant Om, to feel you are Brahman, not to just externalize the symbol Om. The key to happiness is insight. There's lots of words for insight like knowledge and vision. But if you extrapolate insight, if you open it up, it is insight, seeing what's inside. The word for that could be Vedanta or religion. And this is what the purpose of our course is, to stop using our eyes and to start using our intellect. We are nearing a strong completion of the second part of meditation in life. And if we're clear about this, the last half of this text will be that much more powerful. The last chapter we studied was entitled Recharge the Mind. One of the fad descriptions going on right now of people's health is burnout. Yes? What is the Sanskrit word for burn? Share with me in the chat room. What is the Sanskrit word for burn? It is tapa. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Our scriptures are saying you should burn out. <laughs> tapa means to burn, but what's being burned? When one is burnt out, what is happening is that purpose is being burnt out. So enthusiasm and energy is, is waning. However, if ego is being burnt out, that really shows that purpose is being elevated. One has more energy, more enthusiasm. Someone who burns out externally is someone who has allowed that external noise become their, to become their internal noise. Whereas someone who's engaged in tapa, they have tuned into that internal quietude and what's happening outside doesn't matter. If it's noisy, if it's quiet, it's irrelevant. What I'm sharing with you, if you try this, if you try to tune into your inner quietude, you will taste your nature you will taste 0.01% of your ananda. And with that taste, you will be true to sadhana. You will be true to contemplation. There are many, many, many communities I go to where people, they flirt with Vedanta. And uh, they're so used to, I'll call it practicality, 
They're so used to short-term solutions to their lack of completion, like breathing exercises, like um, writing journals, that when the thought comes of your nature is silence, that's too deep for them. It's not utilitarian. It's not practical. So they never try sincerely, so they never taste this, so they're not true to Vedanta. We move on to chapter 22, entitled, The Secret of Success. You all know what a hack is. A hack in a positive way. Don't, <laughs> don't interpret this in a negative way. <laughs> a hack essentially is a secret. And for all of you who tuned into the Happiness Series 3, do you remember the first life hack I gave you? <laughs> you remember the third one. The first one was... If you're camping and you don't have kindling wood, what should you use? Doritos. <laughs> Doritos are as flammable as kindling wood. And that's sort of laughable because like their logos that flame, but it's sort of laughable because we put that in our stomach. <laughs> like eating pickle is sort of flammable, but this would be like eating matches. <laughs> People expect there to be hacks when it comes to happiness, when it comes to contemplation. Such a hack doesn't exist. There are no shortcuts. And that's why this course, this text, contemplation is hard because we're so habituated to shortcuts. The hack, I'm using this generally, the hack to peace is practice. When you practice contemplation, how Swami Chinmayananda writes about this, is you cut the ego. And just like a, a large dosa, you're intimidated by how big it is, so you cut it into half and you eat half of it. Then the next half you cut again into half and you eat it. So through practicing, we start to put cuts into our ego. And this is a very challenging game because if you don't cut the ego the ego will cut you the ego will cut you down and the way that the ego cuts us down is we grow in arrogance if you ever feel that you're expressing arrogance that's where the ego has cut you this chapter shares with us that we should be vigilant about the presence of bhagavan the presence of the creator, because that inhibits arrogance. Throughout what you're doing, throughout what you're thinking, to feel that presence of God. And for all those in the Vedanta and Bhagavata course, we've just entered the fifth skanda. And I was sharing with everyone, skanda one, the focus is adhikari. That is a sincere student like us. And what is the focus of the remaining 11 skandhas? <laughs> Bhagavan. <laughs> God. You can call those skandhas or those sections whatever you want. Creation, special creation. But really this filters down to Bhagavan. Contemplate on 
this presence. Contemplate on humility daily. Please bring this message to your heart. You cannot engage in contemplation just on Tuesdays. When you contemplate daily, a momentum is created. And with momentum, there is impact. Your contemplation will become impactful, transformative. If this is not daily, you will never taste that joy, so you will not be true to this lifestyle, to this vision. Through practice, contemplation becomes part of who we are. Whatever you practice, you don't have to remember. Yes? You practice driving home, so you don't need to remember the directions. It, this happens naturally. You practice your own name. You practice your own form. Your name, you sign your name. Your own form, you look in the mirror. You don't have to practice this because you're established in this. Contemplation should be the same way. And when one makes contemplation part of who they are, the highest will become real for them. In other words, enlightenment will be a possibility and you will start to make this your only purpose. And what is shared a lot in this chapter is once you've started to tune into the highest, all that is lower comes with it. In other words, success comes with you. If you're a contemplative person, you will focus more, you will listen more, you will decide better, you will be more enthusiastic. All that we need to be successful, to be prosperous, that will naturally come with us being peaceful. The secrets to success, and now our final chapter, chapter 23 for this year, inward expansion. Did you know that in Ramayana, every chapter has a specific dharma that is highlighted? A specific role is taken and the responsibilities that come with that, like bala dharma. And you should study this. You should teach your kids about this. This is how they should behave. They should listen to their parents. They should look after their siblings. That's how Bhagavan Rama lived. <laughs> In Kishkinda Kanda, the focus is Mitra Dharma. Who a friend is, what a friend is. And one of the messages is, your big problems, you feel are small problems. And your friend's small problems, you feel are big problems. Do you interact with your friends like that? When you're, when you're with your friends, do you tell them about your problems first or do you ask them about their problems first? <laughs> so your big problems, small problems. Their small problems, big problems. And you know how this chopai ends and this is so thoughtful. Bhagavan Rama is telling Sugriva, even though you know their problems are small, you still feel that they're big. Isn't that a lovely way to live in a sympathetic, empathetic way? You know their problems are not real problems, but you still feel 
Like those are big problems. I really like that detail. And why I'm sharing this with you, when we start to rise in our purpose in life, when we start to rise in our identification from body to mind to intellect, all that is bothering us becomes small. What someone said, what someone didn't say, what that person got, this person didn't obey me, all of that becomes small, that type of strategy is required to contemplate. If everything you're going through is big, when you try to contemplate what's happening, you're really just contemplating on your problems and they become worse problems then, right? Because now you're not doing anything about it. (laughs) At least you should be doing something about it. And in our happiness series, I tried to practice this by taking you into space, remember? From the moon, that wrinkle on your face, is it really so important? The white hairs that are growing in your sideburns, is that really so important? (laughs) That extra chin that's developing, is it really so important? (laughs) Shuka has three already, it doesn't matter. (laughs) To keep on lifting oneself up. These secrets, these are contemplation. We're so stuck on this posture. Asana's over here. Then so much more comes. Pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana. Yes. We keep pulling out down dhyana to sitting straight. And you should sit straight. <laughs> but that's not what contemplation is. What stops us from identifying with higher aspects of us in life is our habit. what we're identified with is known to us and we're just scared of the unknown we're afraid of living for more we're afraid of, of being more and so in this chapter again what is highlighted is the necessity of having one Sadhguru your Sadhguru will show you there's no need to be scared. At the home we're staying in, there's a new vacuum. And Vyasa's never seen such a vacuum before. So he's scared. Like he'll keep coming in between my legs and and hiding and so on. And I said, Vyasa, you've seen a hundred vacuums. You know, when we travel, I go to satsang, he goes to the closet. You've seen a hundred vacuums, but to him, that vacuum is unknown. And so I keep, I go to the vacuum, I turn it on, I I take out the plug. And then he, you know, he sort of, sort of warms up to that vacuum and then we can't take him away. (laughs) We can't take him away from it. He sleeps with the vacuum then. (laughs) But don't you see how I'm his Sadhguru when it comes to vacuums, (laughs) to that physical entity. But now apply this metaphysically is that our fears are, dropped and those who don't have that relationship in their life one will evolve slowly if at all the last thought what does bhaja mean what is the lowest or most surface definition of bhaja bhaja means to 
sing. Deeper than that, to seek. Deeper than that, serve. Deeper than that, worship. Then, love, and finally, be. Inward expansion is where you evolve from being someone to being none to being one. You should have known that already. Didn't you see where I was going with these words? <laughs> someone is the upper parts of bhaja. I'm singing, I'm seeking, I'm serving. But as you deepen in that bhaja to worship and love, all of a sudden you've gone from someone to none because the focus of your life is whom you love. Yes. And the depth of that is there is only one. There is only Advaita. So the message here is start letting go of this idea that you're someone. Start holding on to the idea that you are none. And that's such a counter message to what you're exposed to at work, isn't it? On the bus, at school. That's why this course is so difficult because every chapter is about unlearning. Yeah, you're all getting it. <laughs> you are getting it. And we're going to finish it soon. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.